Most business owners waste thousands of dollars on marketing only to end up with the same amount of leads they had in the first place. I stopped worrying about how much I was spending on marketing, how many leads I was getting, and what my ROI on those leads was, and my business blew up. How does somebody start making more money with the customers they already have? You become the best at everything you do and provide the most value in your market no matter how expensive you have to be. But the one thing everyone always forgets about is, what's up, Joel? Jared, how's it going? It's going good, how are you? Good, man. Quick question, did you want this coffee cup? No. Okay, because I thought that you had a different coffee cup and then you poured the coffee from the other cup into that one because you <laughs> wanted that one specifically? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, this I used this coffee cup a few times already today, so oh. if I were to give it to you, that would be kind of gross. Yeah, you'd have all your... That would be gross. Yeah. You're like, hold on, I got one for you. Try this one. Dude, last episode I talked about going to bed mm-hmm. as a dirty plumber without showering. Mm-hmm. And people were like, dude, that's gross. Well, it is kind of gross. Yeah. Did you change your ways? Did you start like showering? Well, after- I don't... I'm not a dirty plumber anymore. I just yeah. sit in my office and don't get dirty. Hey, sometimes you so, get sweaty sitting look in Look at my hands. My hands are literally the cleanest they've ever ever yeah. been you probably don't have the dirt around your nails anymore and all that no. stuff yeah it's a weird change going from plumber in the field to business owner mm. for those reasons right yeah, for there. the other things that you wouldn't even think like even like oh dang you got soft hands now yeah i mean i don't want to admit to it but yeah you don't have yeah, to yeah, yeah you don't <laughs> yes have to. i do i you have, do have soft hands mm. um it's getting real on the podcast today Dude, it is. Like, I picked up a shovel the other day, and I was doing some shoveling, and I got a blister, and I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I got to hire somebody to do this. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell hey, am I What am I doing out here? Come over here for 10 minutes and dig this hole. <laughs> yeah, hey, neighbor, you want to make a cool $100? How much? What's your price? Name your price. <laughs> I don't know anybody who would, dude, pay 100 bucks to dig a hole with a shovel. I don't know. <laughs> There's like, so I would love to hire everybody to do everything for me, but mm. there's the real reality of like hiring people takes effort. It does, dude. It's, yeah. It and does so sometimes it's easier just to do the thing yourself. Yeah. It really depends on what you're hiring for. If it's like the one time thing or if it's like this person's going to be part of your business forever. Yeah. Like it's going to be different effort, different approach. It's probably the only reason I still do my own plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah, because, sure. yeah, I could call a plumbing company and pay them and I could. I I don't care about the money. It's just the time. Like yeah. I have to find somebody, I have to call them. They got to come over. They got to do their thing. They got to go through I the gotta, whole rigmarole and then I got to pay the bill. And then do you think that you'd have to go back behind and like fix stuff or No, I don't. That's that's the funny part like I used to be incredibly anal about my my quality of work. Mm-hmm. Like in to the point of ridiculousness, mm-hmm. right? But it was like my thing. Sure, yeah, Which yeah, yeah. a lot of plumbers are that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like after owning a business, I care that my guys are doing quality work, mm-hmm. but my standard of quality has gone mm. way down because the, I just realized how non-important it is. Yeah, to a point though, right? To like, a point. Yeah, like it can't be bad, but it doesn't have to be this... No. Like, you're not going to ride your guys for not having this immaculate whatever, exactly no. how you would want it done. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's probably something. Did it take you a little bit to, like, work out of that mentality? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, early on in your business when you had your guys, were you pretty on them about quality things? No, I didn't have time to be. Gotcha, because you were just doing a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. So but it would have bothered me a lot more, like, if I saw a picture of something mm-hmm. we did and, like, 
there was a pipe in a oh, wall sure. and it had a slight angle to it, I'd be like, oh. Yeah. But that's actually a good thing that you said. Like, you didn't have time for it. No. I can imagine there's business owners out there who are making time for that. Yeah. And Micromanaging probably, and the they, crap yeah, out of their guys. They probably shouldn't be. No. They shouldn't be at all. Yeah. And I definitely hear this fear where it's just like, um, I don't want to hire somebody because I don't want to have to devote attention to yeah. like following them and like like really just talking to me about how they are planning to micromanage whoever they hired. Yep. And it's like, yeah, well, you probably shouldn't hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how you're already thinking about it. Yeah. Let the customer be the judge and let callbacks be the judge. Mm-hmm. So like if they're getting lots of complaints from the customer mm-hmm. about their quality and then they're getting lots of callbacks, well, then you have a quality problem. If yeah. the customers are happy with the quality, like that's who you're selling the product to. Right. If yeah, they're sure. happy with the quality and they don't get any callbacks, then don't worry about it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like we're about to talk about hiring this episode, but we're not. We are not. But that was a good little conversation intro. I like that. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Um, we're going to be talking about how to make more money with the leads that you currently have. Now, we're going to talk about, I mean, kind of, yes. Mm. But let's talk about, really, we're going to talk about um, how to make more money with the customers you already have, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the leads. It's a good, it's a good difference. Yeah, but mm-hmm. mainly the customers. So, And part of that is just like retaining customers for longer. Yeah, sure. So setting your business up in a way that you can mm. hold on to customers, right? So that they're going to use you more often. Right. Or not more often, but for a longer time period, right? Gotcha. I have a thought that came into my brain. Can I share it with you? Yeah. So I'm listening. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll test you later. So when we're talking about retaining customers, do you want to retain the customers that you are serving at 125 bucks an hour? Or do you want to, like, maybe, right? Maybe, yeah. But- Chances are, like, we're, we're talking much more in a context of, like, you're charging what you should be charging. Yeah. And those are the customers you're really going to want to retain. Yeah. So if you go through the process of raising your rates, like I was talking to a guy just a little bit ago in our coaching program, and we were going over his hourly rate calculator mm-hmm. together, and he was worried about raising his rates. He's been in business for a while, has a pretty good customer base. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to do really well really fast because of the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. He has some money to invest. Um, but he's going from like two fifty to four fifty. So right? yeah, two hundred dollar increase. Uh, having a hard time in his head. Mm. He's like, man, I got all these customers that I've been charging two fifty. What are they gonna say when I come in and charge four fifty? Right, and it's a legitimate worry. Yeah, like I thought the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody who I've coached on their hourly rate calculator thinks the exact same <laughs> thing, mm-hmm. and. The funny part is like, you know, first off, everybody that I've ever walked through the hourly rate and we raised their hourly rate, I asked them later, hey, how's that going charging your new rate? Mm-hmm. And every single time it's like, they're just paying it. Yeah. Like, I don't get any more pushback than I mm-hmm. did previously. Mm-hmm. It's the same amount of pushback. The customers who don't want to pay good money for their plumbing are still customers who yeah. don't want to pay good money for their plumbing. Yeah. The customers who don't mind paying you because they value you and your service and your quality, mm-hmm. they'll still continue to pay you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't care. They don't care as much as we think we do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. They just understand like, oh, plumber's in my house. It's going to cost money. And sure, he's an honest guy and I trust him and he charges a 
what he needs to charge to keep his business going. Sure. Like people are more understanding than you think. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. like in well, a couple things to that. In his situation, mm-hmm. right? Having to raise his rates, there are customers out there that have that you have been serving, mm. right? That just if you're a cheap plumber that have just been using your service because you're cheap. And by raising your rates, you're gonna get rid of some of those customers. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, because they're not the ones who are really gonna feel your business to be this thing that you want it to be anyway. Right. Yep. So that's a good thing. You're gonna get rid of customers who yeah, you can't make money off of. Yeah, because ultimately, like, yeah, you can't make money off them because they're not gonna take your new price and they're just gonna take away your time. Yep. Like if you for some reason kept them and then you like went to that call again, yep. they'd be like, ah, you're still expensive. You'd be like, dang, I just wasted like, you know, however long this <laughs> yep. took to do this. Yep. The other thing is like if people aren't griping at your prices, like if you don't have people that are that just that just hate your business, <laughs> right? Mm, sure. That just despise you and your business, mm-hmm. you're you're not doing it right. Mm. Like if you're really out there pushing for like operating a solid business and paying mm. your employees well and mm-hmm. doing good quality work and charging what you need to charge to mm. be profitable mm-hmm. so that you can build a business that's worth it, you're going to have some serious haters. Yeah, it's that's just part yeah. of the deal. That's actually a really good point because the, the tendency that we usually want to operate is try to make everybody happy. You can't make everybody happy. And especially in business. Like it's just... Especially if yeah. you're trying to intentionally do a certain thing, because that means you're not generalizing, right? You're not right. You're not trying to think make everybody about, happy and trying to specialize in nothing. Yeah, think about every business that's successful. Mm-hmm. They all have haters. Yep, every single one. And really, the bigger they get, the more haters they get. Think about Walmart. Yeah. Yep. I freaking hate Walmart mm-hmm. with a passion. Mm-hmm. I will. I <laughs> despise stepping foot in Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yet Walmart makes billions of dollars, even though I don't like them. Yeah, yep. right. And there's tons of people like me who don't like Walmart. Yep. Um, they still do what they do, and they make mm-hmm. a ton of money doing it. Yeah, they're not super concerned about what you're doing because they're doing something that works and makes sense for yeah. the goals that they set for their company. Yep. And there's tons of people. Yeah, there's tons of people <laughs> who are like, no, I like, like I know guys who are like, man, if Walmart didn't exist, I wouldn't be able to afford my groceries. Yeah. So like, that's the place I shop. Yep. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, do whatever you got to do, I guess. Yeah, it's your decision, Yeah. right? So just like not everybody shops at Walmart, not everybody's going to want to shop at your plumbing business. Yeah, and that's okay. And some like some people are going to get like some people are going to get pissed at your business, right? Yeah. yeah. So like we got people that they're like, "Oh man, you guys are just ripping people off." Um, you know, you're the worst of the worst. What is what is the term? Price gouging. Mm-hmm. I don't you're just charging that. To me, price gouging is like uh, honestly, I don't even understand price gouging. Mm-hmm. I take it to mean I'm just charging you this amount because I can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That's but that's thing. what business is. It, yeah. You literally charge as much as you can get away with. Yeah. So I don't understand that. Yeah. And, and people will bring up the like toilet paper during COVID. That was mm-hmm. price gouging. But if you can't buy toilet paper, and I'm willing to pay two hundred dollars for a roll of toilet paper mm-hmm. so that I can wipe my butt. Why wouldn't you be allowed to charge me two hundred dollars for toilet paper? How is that gouging? Yeah, to me, it kind of seems like when people use that term, especially even with the COVID example, mm-hmm. is that people are just like low key. They're jealous. They're kind of mad that somebody didn't like their cousins didn't come to be like, "Hey, dude, 
I have a thousand rolls of toilet paper that we can hawk for 200 bucks per. Do you want to make whatever amount of money that is this weekend? We're driving down to this place to do this. Yeah. And like, cause you know, that's the other thing. Like I've never had anybody that's more successful than me say, mm, sure. Hate on me. <laughs> yeah, That's true. Ever. Well, yeah. Cause it's always people yeah. who aren't as successful yeah. who are doing the hating. And those voices, like sometimes there's wisdom in those voices, but not usually. I mean, I think you should always listen to like, um, you know, when you get one-star customer reviews, they should sure. definitely be looking at those and saying, okay, is there something that we can, mm-hmm. not even that you're doing something wrong, but hey, if we're getting one-star reviews for this, whatever it was, right. is this just a byproduct of what we're doing? Can we change it? Can we like tweak it in a way to where this sure. doesn't happen Yeah, or whatnot? Yeah. I mean, a one-star review is just a critique of your business. Yeah. And we should always be open to critiques. 100%. If it's about price, I don't care. Yeah. Anything else, we're looking into it. We're trying to fix it. We're making it right. Yeah. So what was sort of like your, did you have a moment on that call with that guy where he felt like he was really like, okay, cool. Like, did he feel very confident then moving forward, charging that price after you sort of walked him through the mental game? Because it's huge. Like it's the, a, that mental game to me is almost the biggest component of, increasing your price it is yeah and for some people it's easier for other people it's harder so like for me because i grew up in like commercial construction Mm -hmm. and i saw the pricing from commercial construction Mm -hmm. where we were charging you know 100 120 dollars an hour for our labor well it makes sense because we're getting a hundred percent of our labor built out sure yeah 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 um and then going into service work and I'd never worked for a service company. I've never heard of, you know, anything about the service business model. It for me to like understand the the need for higher pricing, it was just it was a huge mind shift. Mm. Huge. Yeah, you had to you had to unlearn well I had to unlearn years of yeah. what I was doing to start doing something differently. And then I had to have the confidence to mm-hmm. to do it even though I was the only one doing it yeah, in our, in our town. Mm-hmm. Like I was, there was one other contractor in town mm-hmm. that I, my whole career as a plumber, I, I heard, I want to say growing up as a plumber cause I pretty much did, but I heard they're just ripping people off. Sure. They're scam artists. Sure. That right? was the story. Yeah. That was the story around this other company. And then I remember the day I saw my invoice and their invoice or estimate or whatever, mm-hmm. And mine was more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy crap. You're like, now I'm that guy. Now I'm the bad guy. I am 100%. Mm-hmm. We have tons of people that are like, and I'm, and other plumbers in town say it. They're mm-hmm. just ripping people off. Mm-hmm. They just don't know. Yeah, and so like, how do you then, um, uh, I guess what I was, I was just say like, well, how do you sleep at night then? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you deal with that? Um, I mean, in the beginning, it was a tough mind shift, right? Mm. I had to like, I had to really like tell myself, okay, nope, this is this is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like the business has to make money; it yeah. has to take care of its employees. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. a lot riding on this. Um, some customers aren't going to like it. Some customers aren't going to care. Yeah. For the customers that don't care about price, I can now offer them a much better quality experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, differentiates me in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, it became, you know, you start to just get so used to it 
and to, you, to the haters. Well, to the haters, to the you know the like I know the numbers through and through in my yeah. business. I know how fast we can become unprofitable. Sure, it's scary, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like we built this machine that's that's profitable, that's really good at doing what it does, but one little cog in that machine and those profits they disappear really fast. Yeah. Like think about it. If we do five million in business and we do a million in profit every year, mm-hmm. that's four million dollars we have to spend mm-hmm. to make a million, right? Mm-hmm. That's you know eighty thousand dollars a month that we, that we would make, right? Roughly, what is it? Eighty eight thousand. Eighty eight thousand dollars in a month could disappear in a yeah. hurry. It could evaporate. It could, yeah, that's forty. If we lose forty calls, yeah, not even that. If we're just down. 30 calls. Yeah. Gone. And suddenly all your profit's gone. Totally gone. Yeah. Right? Um, if ad costs go up 50K for some reason, mm-hmm. there goes 50K of our profits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so much could happen. It's not like to, to, to not make the profit but have that amount of risk mm-hmm. would be ridiculous. Yeah. Nobody would do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then if nobody's going to do it, then there's not anybody to actually help people who have plumbing problems. Yes. And at the end of the day, even the consumers who are complaining about price gouging are going to make, dang, I wish somebody could come fix my problems. I know. But here's the sad part. The the sad part is that there are companies that do it day in and day out. Yeah. They make that terrible choice. Yeah. And they just ride the line of, I got to work the rest of my life. They just keep, ragged. Yeah. They just keep rolling. Yeah. Ragged and hopeless. Ragged, hopeless, barely making any money. Yeah, and then telling themselves that, like, I guess it just has to be this way. Like, and then maybe there's this voice that says it can probably be a different way, but then there's they don't know what that even looks like, where to even start. They don't know how, and even if they learn, they don't trust it. Yeah, and so I was thinking about this today, like, talking with people who aren't doing, like, 30K per month, mm-hmm. like, who are in that underpriced, undermarketed section. Mm-hmm. And, like, really, it's like, to do 30K per month, it just takes courage, yeah, really. Yeah. Like you just have to be courageous enough to charge what you should be charging after you run an hourly rate calculator. And that's going to get you most of the way. And then you have to yeah. be courageous enough to go do marketing that might seem stupid to you, like whether it's door knocking or these things that maybe you tried before. Yep. But chances are you probably didn't really try it in earnest because yep. you've got other stuff going on. You just have to be courageous. It's yep. like, man, it just takes courage. Yep. But like once you get over, a, once you do it enough, like in your experience, you're like, oh, dang, this actually works. Mm-hmm. And like in the guys in our course, when they do it, they're like, oh, wow. Oh, wait, this actually huh. works. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm kind of making money now. And you're like, yeah, yep. it's interesting. Yeah, it's like, so like I used to be super scared of it, but now I would go into any market, cop in a van, go out to a customer's house and have no problem charging them four or five, yeah. $600 an hour. Yeah. Because I get it. I know the math. I've been there. It's the experience, right? Yeah. And the fact that you've you've demonstrated to yourself that it's possible, but then it's all supported by the math that yeah. it won't work unless you do that. And right. I think that's the thing that like I try to like when I talk to guys, I try to push the most when we're talking about pricing. It's like, hey man, at the end of the day, you do whatever you want, but you have to charge a certain amount to actually make money. Yeah. So you can disagree with it, you can argue against it, but yeah. it won't change the fact that you won't make money unless you do it. Right. And like, so if you can empower the thing that like, okay, you're actually providing a superior experience and you have to do it, then you're like, okay, you have two really good arguments that 
if you if you, you have two good arguments to do the thing. Yep. And there's not any good arguments to not do the thing. Correct. Very correct. Yeah. Okay, so we have our current customers. Okay. And we're charging good money now. Yep. And now how do we hold on to these customers? Yeah, so I mean it boils down to just coming up with a membership plan. Like first off, if you get a customer in your door and you do a piss poor job serving them, mm. <laughs> they're probably not going to use you again, right? Yeah. So we need to figure out what it is that the customers want, mm-hmm. and then we need to give them what they want so that when they pay mm-hmm. us, it's a it's a good exchange for their money, Yeah. right? Um, best way to figure out what a customer wants is just go thumb through Google reviews. Mm-hmm. Like go look at... Go look at my Google reviews. Go look at mm-hmm. your Google reviews. Go look at your competitors' Google reviews, and just start writing down. Go through all the one-star reviews and write down what they got a one-star review for. Mm. The ones about price, throw those aside. Mm-hmm. Don't even worry about them, okay? Because um, you can't fix that. Yeah, you can't. You just can't. Mm-hmm. You can't offer it at a cheaper price. Mm-hmm. Some guys will think like they can have the Walmart of plumbing business. They think like, oh, I'll just lower the prices and I'll get all the customers. That doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That only works at scale. Mm -hmm. You don't have the scale of Walmart. Mm -hmm. Like think about Walmart in a town has, I mean, think about just Walmart in general. Like they're all over the United States. They have tons of millions of customers, right? Mm -hmm. They can operate at scale. Same with Amazon. Right. They can slim margins down to enhance scale yeah. and make money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their margins are slim, but they're making massive amounts of money because right. they're doing massive amounts in revenue, right. right? You can't do that for your plumbing business. What about what about this? Because I'll hear this where people are like, well, the big guys in town, they offer a $69 drain clean. Yeah. And like they don't have a call-out charge. Yeah, some of those bigger guys can do that because mm-hmm. they have the scale. Mm-hmm. But you can't come in as a little guy and mm-hmm. offer what they can at scale because you don't have the economy of scale. Yeah, so then what's the what's the word speaking to that person? Be like, okay, well, you still need to charge what you need to charge. Yeah. And like, how can that person feel confident now? And even though they know there's this big company who's charging that You have to outdo that, that big company on value, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Which you can as the as a one truck chuck or a three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten man business, mm-hmm. you totally can. You can outdo that big company on value. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just reframe the way you do things. So mm-hmm. when you go to somebody's house and they're like, "Well, big company down the street, they're they'll come here and do this for ninety nine dollars." Well, when you give them an estimate for four hundred dollars to run your snake down their drain, mm-hmm. include a camera. Yeah, include a camera inspection. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell them, hey. Look, there's guys that'll come here and they'll snake your drain for $99. Sure, yeah. They're going to upsell you this camera inspection. We include it in ours Mm -hmm. because we don't believe in leaving whatever caused the clog unnoticed. Right. Right? Right. We want to get to the bottom of the solution. If it clogged clogged for a reason, we want to know what that is. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that you know that. Mm -hmm. So now we just provided more value to the customer to make our service worth it. Right. Right? Yeah, and I would also say like to those companies... You know the big companies who are doing those offers. Yeah, like you don't know their back end. No, because at the same at the end of the day, they have expenses like yours. They really do. And those big companies, they're charging six, seven hundred dollars an hour to mm-hmm. to do come to your house. They're you the really the the eighty dollar or ninety nine dollar drain clean. It's a 
it's a loss leader for them. Yes. It's something that they can advertise mm-hmm. that will get customers to call them. Mm-hmm. And then they have an upsell process on the back end. Yeah. They know that out of all of those customers, if they get a hundred calls for drain cleaning, they're mm-hmm. going to be able to upsell mm-hmm. a certain amount of them mm-hmm. on a camera inspection. Right. Or on whatever. Right. They also know that out of so many drain clean jobs, they're going to get so many replacements. Right. Right. Um, and that's a game they can play because mm-hmm. they have the money to play that game. Mm-hmm. They can foot the bill for the yep. $99 drain clean to get the replacement later. Yep. That's a tough one for a small business owner. Yeah. When he needs to pay the bills today, that's a tough one for him to swallow. Yeah. And it's a tough balance. Like, understanding what the competition is doing to mimic the things they're doing right, but then not straying to the, well, I could never compete because they're doing this kind of thing. Right. It's like pay attention to your own business yeah. and like your how you are operating your own business. And like, yeah, be observant of the competition, but don't like start comparing and trying to mimic in all these ways because you just don't know they're, you just don't know what they're doing. No, yeah, run your own business. And and honestly, like I would never run a $99 drain clean special mm-hmm. i i would just to me it's gimmicks yeah sales tactics yeah and you know the customers that we deal with they don't appreciate gimmicks and sales tactics they yeah. like upfront honesty you yep. just fact of the matter mm-hmm. um, and they want value and they're willing to pay good money for it mm-hmm. so get more of those customers right mm-hmm. you're gonna do business with those people mm-hmm. and they'll respect it so Step one, mm-hmm. do a good job. Yeah. Go figure out what it is that your customers like. Mm-hmm. Make a list of what's sure, on yeah, their yeah, one yeah. stars. Make a list of what's on their five stars. Go look mm-hmm. at their five stars. Why are these guys getting five-star reviews? Mm-hmm. What is it? You'll find it's like, they got to me really quickly. They were super friendly. Mm-hmm. They scheduled me on the, you know, they answered their phone. Or mm-hmm. they, they scheduled me today, got to me today. They called when they were on their way. They sent a picture of their technician before he came over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's those things. Mm-hmm. Once you figure those things out, you're like, okay, I just have to do more of the things that people like mm-hmm. and less of the things they don't like. So let's structure my business in a way. And when I say structure, I mean like, if people like it when you answer the phones, make sure you have enough people in the office to an- answer the phones. Yeah. To and get, people really do like it when you answer the phone. They really do. If people like it when you get to them today, mm-hmm. make sure you have enough technicians on staff to get to people today mm-hmm. so you can handle the call volume that you get, mm-hmm. right? If that means you need to be more expensive, do it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry about the cost or the price that you have to then go to the customer. Worry right. about the service that you're offering them, mm-hmm. okay? Mm. Yeah, because people are going to be far less worried about the cost. I mean, yeah. this is evident across how we consume and everything. Everything. Like nobody's really worried. It's so funny because we, we used to almost care about how much our phones cost back in the day when we had to pay cash. Yeah. But now since nobody pays cash, like I don't care that it, I don't even know what an iPhone is. I don't care. It's like like it's expensive. Yeah, it <laughs> is. It's way more than like a, nor, things that you would normally just go out and buy. Like, oh, I'm at the grocery store. I'm going to go to the phone section and buy an $1,800 iPhone. Yeah, I'm going to go doop, get a new doop. phone. Yeah, yeah, like 2K or whatever. Yeah. But now, because we're just used to the value that they offer yep. and the payment plans that are provided, we're just like, oh, I'm cool with it, man. Like, I don't really care what stuff costs because I appreciate the thing for what it is. Yep. 
And so that same sentiment will run true for whatever service you're offering. So for your plumbing service, it's like, well, I just appreciate this value that I'm getting. And the cost is a factor because it always is a factor at some level, yep. but it's not going to be the driving factor for those good customers. No, and the th other thing is it's not. it might be a driving factor for you to not get the work done right now. Mm, sure. But it's not going to be a driving factor for a lot of people to go call a different plumbing company. Mm, mm -hmm, like sure. a lot of people fault to like, oh, they didn't, they didn't hire me to do this thing that I gave them an estimate for. They must have hired somebody else. Yeah. They might call you back in a couple months. Right. And be like, hey, I'm ready to do that thing now. Right. Um, just because they didn't jump on it right away mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're not going to do it. Yeah. And especially if you did provide a very superior experience <laughs> when you offered that estimate and then you provided ways for them to get a hold of you or you had something yep. that allowed you to keep updated with them. Yep then they're much more likely to use you for that in the future. Because um, they've, I mean, they've established a relationship with you yep. because you're in their house in almost like their sacred space talking to them, being like, hey, I can do this thing. Imagine if somebody came to your house and they gave you an estimate to do something and it was just more than you thought it was going to be. But the the service from the company was like, hands down, fantastic. Mm. And it couldn't have gone any better. You're just gonna go, man. I'm, I'm gonna save a couple more bucks before I get this done. Right. If it's now something that, I know. that you really want done, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, or you're gonna decide, hey, this it's probably not worth it. Right. Like the investment yeah, sure. isn't worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because, like, I had somebody come to my house and tune my AC, and they gave me some estimates, put these cool new filters, mm -hmm. and it was like four or five grand. I called the most expensive company in town. Mm -hmm. They were awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. And it, and it really can't, I didn't get the work done because I was like, well, I'm probably only going to live here for a little bit longer. So to invest five grand into my house, I'm not going to get the return on it. Right. I'm probably not going to do that. Right. So I didn't. Um, but had I, if I was going to live here longer, then mm -hmm. I would have said, cool, mm -hmm. let's do it. And if you change your mind, you have a company that you're going to call. I know exactly who to call. Yeah. 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 You're not going to be like, I'm going to see if another company can do that thing. No, I'm not. Yeah. Nope. I'll call that company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, dude, I was going to tell you a story before I told that story. Now I forgot what it was. <laughs> Why does that happen? Mm, I don't know. The brain's a, a magical muscle. It is, dude. It's a, it's a, it's a hard muscle to like make work properly. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot to make your brain work properly. Um, like I was I was talking to Benton this morning and I shared him an Andrew Huberman podcast yeah. or somebody interviewing Andrew Huberman. If you don't know who that guy is, he's just the guy that you listen to and you get mad because now you feel like you have to go like lift weights and run up mountains with rocks and like eat and look at the sun and all this stuff. He's a he's a neuroscientist that helps you figure out how your brain works. Dude, I think he's cool. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I but, like him. But he he reminds me of David Goggins where it's like after I listen to him, I'm immediately like kind of not like stricken with guilt. Like I don't really experience it in that way, but I'm like, ah, well, I guess I should probably go do the things I know I should do because yep. that's usually what it comes down to. Yep. And we were talking about, um, there's this little thing in your brain, uh, this little area that you can strengthen when you do things that you're, that you know are hard that you don't want to do and then you do them anyway. Yep. It's actually like a muscle that you can train in your brain. It's called discipline. Well, we use the word discipline, but there's actually a neurocenter where that lives. Yeah. Like that thing where you're like, dang, I don't want to go 
do the thing. Yeah. And then you go, you recognize that, but then you do it anyway. That yep. thing just gets a little bit stronger. Yep. And there's a ton of benefit that if you feed that thing, like you're you're gonna live longer, you're gonna have less dementia chances when you're older. Like it does incredible things. Yep. The point is, is like doing hard things is really, really important because it really exercises that muscle. Super important. So at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that was the story you were gonna tell. <laughs> Was that was that the story nope. you were gonna tell? Oh, okay. Dang, nope. I was just shooting in the dark. Um, true story. This is the story I was gonna tell. We I had you're gonna remember it. We went out to a guy's house. My company did. We had a couple different guys go out to his house, and they all went out and provided him with large estimates to mm-hmm. fix certain things in on his heating system, mm-hmm. right? And he called the general manager to complain. And wait, wait, wait. So multiple guys out went over a span of multiple days. Yeah, over the course of like a three or four month period. Okay, right? so so he called one guy out, provided yep. an estimate, and then time went by, called another guy out. I think how it went is he wanted annual service done. One guy went out, gave him the annual service, and mm. left him with some estimates to fix some things sure. that he saw that was wrong. Um, something else happened to break on his system. Mm-hmm. And so we came back out, fixed that thing, and that guy gave him some estimates to fix some other things he found uh, wrong. Yeah, right? gotcha. And then I think he had like, something else unrelated to his heating system. Yeah. Third guy came out, got that fixed for him and left him with some more estimates. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Okay. So, he calls my general manager and he's like, "Hey man, um, did he say it like that?" I don't know. I have oh. no idea. <laughs> this is how I was told the story. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and he's like, "Hey man, I really appreciate your company. Like you guys come out, you answer the phone." Mm. Your guys are respectful. They seem to know what they're doing. They always fix stuff. It's good quality. Mm-hmm. But I have a complaint. And my manager's like, what? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like, man, after all like, that. How do you have a complaint? Like, you just said a bunch of really nice things. Sounds like a four-star review to me. Yeah, and the guy's like, my only complaint is that you had three guys come out, and all three of them gave me estimates for things. And I just want somebody to come out and, like, look at everything. And give me an estimate to fix every single little thing that could possibly be wrong <laughs> on my system. Not that I want to spend the money on it right now, but I need to, I want to know how to plan to yeah, have the yeah. money. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. keep spending money here and money there. Yeah. And money he just there wants to, fix to know. these little things. Yeah. If I could just have like a good idea, and I know you can't do that perfectly, but if I could just have somebody come out and really just thumb through everything. Mm. Then I know how to plan my finances. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or my general manager was like, wow, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate that criticism. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he the next day he like replayed that phone call to the technicians of, I don't know if he played the phone call or just told them about it, but mm-hmm. he was like, hey guys, like listen to like think about what this customer is saying. Mm-hmm. Like he wants you to come to his house mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Look at everything. Yeah. Assess yeah, everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give them estimates mm. for everything. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny. Well, um, no, actually, I think that's awesome because there is this myth that those customers aren't real, dude. They are. Like, but there's so, more again than you think. And that's the thing. It's like it's almost like what would be super helpful to the plumbing, the service plumbing community at large is if we just had ten thousand testimonies of people who said, "I loved when the plumber yeah. came out and did a bunch of cool stuff and did all these things of value." Because well, people think that that's like the unicorn. Yeah. Like that, Jared, you found the the holy grail of customer. Dude, it's like I used to take my car to a shop in Fairbanks 
to Samard Automotive, yeah. right? And I liked them because it was really easy to deal with them. I would call them. Mm-hmm. I would make an appointment. I would drop my car off the night before, put my key in the box mm-hmm. on their building. They would call me the next day. They'd be like, hey, we found, we ran all these tests they're, on your car. They're super knowledgeable. Like everybody knew what they were talking about. Yeah. We looked at everything from front of the car to the back of the car, mm-hmm. bumper to bumper, mm-hmm. went through it with a fine tooth comb. These are all the things that you should repair right now. Yep. These are all the things that are probably going to cause you problems in the future. Mm-hmm. And you could repair at a later date. And then here's some upgrades you could make, mm. right? I freaking loved that because yeah, it was wonderful. You just knew, yeah, because I don't want to take my car to the shop again. I'd say fix it all, yeah. right? All of the stuff, and then maybe do some of the upgrades if I cared about it, right? And it felt really good because I, I would take my car there same way, and it'd feel good when they're like, "Great, it'll yeah. be done by this day," and I get my car back, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, cool. like I'm, I'm I don't good. have to worry about my car for another who knows how long, yep. right?" Awesome. Yep. Loved it. The worst thing would be is if I took my car there and I said, yeah, it's making this funny noise. And they're like, hey, we found the thing that's making the noise, mm. right? Um, it's going to be $1,000. So I'm like, yeah, fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much it costs. Fix it. Mm-hmm. And then I get my car back. And then two days later, it's making a different funny noise. Mm-hmm. I take it back to the car shop. And they're like, oh, yeah, we noticed that thing mm, when we sure, were looking course. at it. Um, you have this other thing that's broken. I'd have been like, why didn't you say something when my car was there and fix it at that point in time. Yeah. That's frustrating for customers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know how we got down this rabbit hole. Yeah, so really, what's the key takeaway? Customers care about this kind of stuff. They care that somebody is intentional with their work. I mean, if they're going to have all the effort to get you there, to mm-hmm. take off their time from work or arranging different people to pick their kids up, which is typically how things go, is yeah. that like, it's never like, oh yeah, I totally take Wednesdays at 9 a.m. off. <laughs> this is going to work <laughs> every, out great. Every Wednesday. Yeah, it's like, because I mean, I'll hear like the voicemails from your company that yeah. my wife's going over yep. and I'll hear her doing her thing and everything. And it's usually like, if somebody's got to get moved, it's like, oh yeah, okay, well I can move this around. Like there is like things that have to happen in somebody's life to get a plumber there. Yep. And so you just want that person there and then you want them to be as intentional as possible yeah. so that they can give you the exact thing that needs to happen in your house to yep. get it back to quality plus standard. Yep. And so why, so like, like why wouldn't somebody do that? Like, I guess why um, the takeaway it's, for your technicians, like it's, what was the main lesson to them? So it's normal. The main lesson to them was just that people, this is what people want. Mm. So like, is the hesitancy to not do like the, not take the time to do the full, I don't know, look through. Yeah, because so in, you got to remember, like the from the technicians' like vantage point, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to house after 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 house, yeah. house <laughs> charging thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands, mm-hmm. and they're always the bearer of bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah. your. It's <laughs> going to cost. It's going to cost your you this much. Oh, this, this person is this, this person is this. Yeah. Right. Um, and so what they fail to recognize, like it, it's really easy for them to go into like, mm. okay, this is broken. Here's the minimum amount to fix it. Move on to the next one. Let me protect my, this customer's pocketbook. Yes. That's totally the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it's easy as a technician to get into that point of view mm-hmm. because of 
what you do day to day. Yeah, right? and to and to understand, like to read the customer's needs through your own context. Yeah, like well, if I was them, I wouldn't do this. I'm like, well, of course not. You're a technician. Yeah, you would never hire yourself you would, at your current rate to do that. You would no. just go to get You'd the fix parts it yourself. and fix it. Yeah, yeah, like don't read your context into their context. Yeah, a lot of technicians undervalue what they do. Oh yeah, they don't understand how valuable they are. Right. Yeah. And that's really what brings your company the value, right? You're mm-hmm. just buying, you're mm-hmm. just buying skilled labor and mm-hmm. materials and you're reselling it to the customer. Yeah. Right. You're packaging it up in a package and you're reselling that to the customer. Yep. Like your cogs on your PL are materials and skilled labor. Yep. Right. So the cost of that skilled labor and the cost to fulfill that product is super high. The value that a, a plumbing technician or a heating technician or an HVAC technician has is incredibly high, and they don't. Yeah. They have a hard. They don't understand how valuable they are. No. Um, so it's when you get people calling in and they're like, "I just want you to tell me everything, mm-hmm. right?" Like, "Hey, if we go in there into this customer's house mm-hmm. and we can be the professional and we can inspect everything and mm-hmm. we can give them." an idea of all the stuff that's wrong with their mm-hmm. stuff and what they need to do to fix it, which things they should fix now and mm-hmm. which things they can worry about later, that's incredibly valuable to them. Mm-hmm. Well, because cool. yeah, because it allows them to structure their life. And again, like it allows them to structure their life, but then like mark out time that they need to take to do the things. Like, okay, yeah. well, you know, this company told me I need to do this now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can almost afford to do that. Let me get this on the books for like first week of next month. I'll have enough money by then. It actually gives yep. them a, a mode forward of progress, yep. which is what people want. But if each time the technician comes back and then keeps giving new things, like I understand the pain they're of the like, customer. like, holy crap, I just keep having to spend money on yeah, these guys. like, again? Just one thing after another. Instead of where they're like, hey, man, here's all the things. Here's the cumulative cost. We yep. can break it up in this way, and these work. So for this cycle, yep. I just presented you a cool strategic vision for the next however long. Yep. The customer's going to be like, thank you. I didn't have to think about all that. Yeah. Now we can just make a plan and execute on the plan. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And so that's like, I mean, this whole this whole chunk of this conversation is how you offer a great service so that then your membership will actually be something that customer wants, correct? I mean, just so that that customer keeps using you. So think yeah, about... Sure. Think about that customer there, right? Mm-hmm. They they just had this wonderful experience with you. They you yeah presented them with a bunch of stuff that's broken on their house or system or things they can upgrade. They're super thankful for that. They're planning on having you do certain work in the future. They're gonna use you again. Yeah. If they have another problem, they're gonna call you again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You already know all the stuff. So by switching the way you go into a customer. And the way you think about like how you assess their situation and the, and the offerings that you give them, you took them from, hey, I just fixed this one little thing for a few hundred dollars to all of a sudden, now over the course of a couple of years or maybe the next year, they're going to pay you a whole bunch more money, right? Right. So you just- Yeah, sure. They become more valuable, okay? Mm-hmm. You also ha- you, you have sold them more time. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. because of the way you went about running your business, making the customer happy, mm-hmm. like really taking the time to determine what it is they want and giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, which means that if you do that for more of your customers, you need less marketing, mm-hmm. you need less leads, right. right? Because now you've taken every customer and you've essentially like provided them so much value and sold them more hours. Right. Yeah. 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 So rather than needing a hundred customers to sell a hundred hours. 
maybe you only need 50 customers to sell 100 hours. Yeah. You just increased your profit margin on that because you're not pay, have to paying for more leads, yeah. right? Yep. yep. Just by running your business in a different way, mm-hmm. just by providing more value to the customer. Yeah, and it's interesting because typically I think efficiency is thought of in how many calls can I get through a day. Yeah, and that's really, it's really that's the wrong way to think about it. Yeah, that's going to lead to your flapper's broke. It's here's a new flapper. Here's your bill. I got to go to the next call. Yeah, it's like ninety dollars for the flapper because you know it's like I'm here for like five minutes. And what you want them to do is go, hey, your flapper's broken. The inside of your toilet looks like garbage. We could replace all the guts. Do you like this super low toilet? Because we can also install a taller one with an elongated bowl mm-hmm. and a slow close lid that looks nicer and mm-hmm. is way more comfortable to sit on. Also, your flapper's going bad because the city two years ago raised the levels of their chlorine in the city water mm. and it's just eaten away at your flapper and the inside guts of your toilet. If we just put a filter on your house, a whole home charcoal sure. filter in your garage where mm-hmm. your water line comes in, then when we install this new toilet, it'll last you like way longer. Right. Like we just went from, I'm gonna say three, four, five hundred $500 flapper, some people think that's crazy, <laughs> um, to probably a $5,000 bill, Right. right? Just by having a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just by taking not a whole lot more time. Like really, like you said, you actually, yeah, it is just a different conversation, a different presentation of what I can do for you. Yep. And then however much it costs you to get that lead, a couple hundred bucks even, suddenly you just turn that couple hundred bucks into thousands of dollars. If that lead costs you $600, I'd buy it all day long. Yeah, definitely. Because the exchange is very much in your favor. Just because I got better at mm. making the exchange in my favor. Yeah, that's a good point and there. Like, it, there's, Sorry, go ahead. I will argue it's not just in my favor. It's in my favor and the customer's favor. Well, yeah, because at yeah. the end of the day, they're saying, hey, man, thanks for you opened my eyes to this idea that I didn't even know was possible. Like, yes. wait, are you telling me that whole charcoal filter will help alleviate these health concerns I have within my water? I'm like, yeah, I'd be like, damn, dude, dude, thank you. I didn't even know. Think, Yeah, I mean... At that point, you could educate them on the health concerns of ingesting all of that chlorine into your body. Yeah. Like you could just have a sheet that talks about what chlorine in your tap water does for your health. Mm-hmm. Um, you could you could educate them on what it does having that chlorine rain out in your hot mm-hmm. shower water, that you're mm-hmm. actually breathing in those chlorine fumes. Mm-hmm. And you actually get a lot more of it that way than you do actually just drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um and then if you don't sell them the charcoal filter, you can say, hey, how about we just at least put these charcoal filters on your shower heads? Yeah. And then you make more money. I mean, it, it just opens up so many more options. Yeah. If you just start trying to think a little bit differently about your customers. Yeah, and what's kind of cool is there's skills that you can identify to help do this process. Because the skill you've identified is like, hey, if you can learn how to communicate value to your cu- customers better, yeah. which is a skill to learn and to practice, yeah. you can offer more value to the customer, but then get, create more revenue for your company Correct. and more margin for your company. Correct. And it's cool because if you can identify a skill to work on, that's a really powerful thing. And if you can then link that True. skill to making more money for your customer and offering a better service, then that's even better. It's not an arbitrary skill. Yep. Okay. So we're maximizing our leads that are coming in just by giving our customers what they want. Yeah. Second level of that is just get them on a membership plan. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of funny, I was 
you know, I was going through like, okay, why do why do memberships work? Mm. Like number one, like why do plumbing companies offer memberships? It's just a customer retention program is what it is. Yeah. Right. It's not really a thing to make money, although it can make you money. Sure. Um, at its core, what it is, 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 Hey, you're part of our club. Yeah. So continue to call us. There's benefits to be in our club. Yeah. So you start looking at like all of the big membership programs, okay, mm-hmm. with huge successful companies. And it's it's actually pretty eye-opening. So you look at like, um, let's look at Amazon. Like think about Amazon. Mm-hmm. You pay them, is it 99 bucks a year for Prime? I have no idea, something like that. I have no idea either. It's like a $20 billion income. Yeah. Just on memberships mm-hmm. from Prime. It's huge. Yeah, but their business model isn't a membership business model. It's a no. I sell you things. They sell you things online. So so think about that mm. real quick. Did they have to charge you a membership for to offer you that service? Depends. Like free shipping maybe. Couldn't they just include the shipping price? In the cost of the goods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they totally could. They could Which just... Which they do anyways. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, So all they're providing you, mm-hmm. right, They their core business models, we have this website that you can go to and mm-hmm. buy stuff. Yeah. You don't have to have a membership for that, right? Yeah. Any, anybody can do that. No. But if you but have a membership, you get... If you get, have a membership, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you get these special perks that they could have given to everybody anyways. Yeah, just but baked they it decided, into the price at some point. But they decided, and we're going to make you sign up for this membership if you want the special perks, right? So you mm. pay them $99 a year just to get access to these special perks yeah. that they could have given you without the $99. Yeah. Okay? That's actually a really good point because the thinking would be, well, they couldn't afford, like what I was just thinking, like, oh, they couldn't afford this membership unless they, you know, us paying for the membership allows us free shipping. It allows us to watch mi- videos through their streaming service where they could say, I could just raise the price $1 on every item and we could pay for that for everybody. Yeah. Give it to you for quote unquote free. Yep. So, and I think they stole it from Costco. This is my theory. <laughs> totally unfounded on any science or <laughs> No, I like it. No, that's good. But you think about like, think about Costco. I don't know what a membership at Costco costs, but what does a membership at Costco get you? Gets me to go in there and buy their stuff. Gets you access into their store. Yeah, and then and then the membership is going to, yeah. I mean, they could just give me cheap pizza and then increase price for other things to give me, quote, unquote, cheap pizza. But instead, they're like, hey, we're going to create exclusivity and we're going to then make the prices lower through the mechanisms that they do. Yeah, it's billions of dollars of income for Costco to sell you a membership to yeah. get into their store. Yeah. Think about that. And the crazy thing is, is again, because, yeah, I see where you're going with this, because the point is, is you're not making your money off the memberships, but what's happening is when I have a Costco membership, especially the way that they structure it at the highest level, which is the one I used to have, is if I spend X amount of dollars, I get 2% cash back, which means I can pay for my membership, Jared. But the point is, is that means I'm shopping at Costco. And Costco knows that. So they say, by all means, pay for your membership. It doesn't matter to me because I'm making tons of cash off you just being here. Yeah. And so what are they selling you, essentially? Um, They're selling you access to special benefits, right? <laughs> yeah. Special benefits. That they that, could have included without the cost, Yeah, they're, right? se- they're selling you access to special event benefits that they have declared special. Correct. They're not actually special. 
<laughs> no. They've just said, uh-uh. these are special. And you said, I, I agree with you. Yeah. They seem very special. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the third one. Think about Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. What is, I don't know what a Planet Fitness membership costs. It's like 24 bucks. 24 bucks a month. Super it's cheap. super cheap. Super what cheap. are they selling you? Access to their clubs, which are like everywhere. Access to their gym, right? Mm-hmm. Um, could they have charged you just a one-time use fee? Every yeah, time you every use time it? you go in there, yeah, yeah, right. So why are you paying them a monthly membership? That's a good question. I never use it. <laughs> that's their whole business model. <laughs> I know. You know they, what I mean? Yeah, actually, that's hilarious because <laughs> they look at the the propensity for the human to work out, and they're like, these guys actually don't work out. What if we get them on a super cheap membership model, and we give them a gym where people who actually like to work out don't want to use this gym? Yeah, they'll go. Yep. They'll go pay at the other gym. And we just get the guys who say, "I it's 2024. I got a New Year's resolution." So you know, you know what they're selling you? <laughs> uh, they're selling you access to their gym because it makes you feel better about yourself that you have a gym membership. <laughs> yeah, right? you can bring it up in conversation. You can tell the story about yourself that you're going to start using it next week. Yeah, next year, yeah. next month. You get your buddies tomorrow. to get one too because then you're together. You're going to not use it in reality. Yeah, and then meanwhile they're like. You probably don't care about that $23 charge because it's 23 bucks. Yeah. So what are they actually selling you? They're not really selling you access to their gym. They're selling you the potential to go to their gym. That's it. They're just selling you a good feeling. Yeah. That's it. They're selling, yeah, they're selling you a good story about yourself. They're selling you a good story about yourself. Okay. And they could have just sold you access to their gym at a one time use like every time you use our gym it's five dollars yeah right okay i already hate that idea right now like i see why they wouldn't do that yeah like i'd be like it's like it's like a sorry one more example that i just thought of which nobody does this but think about cover charges for if you're gonna go watch a band at a bar you're gonna have to pay five bucks at the door having played a lot of music in bars yeah i couldn't there's so many people who are like dude five bucks dude i just want to come and drink and hang out i'm not paying five bucks yeah but if you subscribed they're to, like that's a beer yeah exactly but if you subscribe to a hey pay 24 dollars per month to this thing and you'll have you don't have to pay cover charges anywhere ever and then people would be like mm. and you get a discount on drinks up until a certain whatever your side benny is yeah people are going to go to your establishment because they're going to be able to get in for free for the music, yep. and they're going to get some other benefit that you have allowed that you have declared unique. Yep, you're going to cover that cost in another way somewhere. Oh yeah, like they're going to walk in and then they're going to be paying for that thing in another way, right? They're oh, still yeah. going to make money, but the point is, is now suddenly I have a reason to go there that I didn't have before. Yep, and I have less resistance to go there when the the show is happening, so I don't have to pay the cover charge. Correct. And I'm going to tell my friends when I'm walking in there, where when you pay the cover charge? Correct. Oh, the thing. I'm special. I can bring in a guest, you know? Yep. I'm awesome. Correct. Okay. So we know that there's memberships out there that sell, that bring in billions of dollars worth of revenue Mm -hmm. that millions and millions of people are a part of. Mm -hmm. How do we take those models and implement them in our plumbing business, right? Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. What do we sell them? We sell them those two things. We sell them access to special benefits Mm -hmm. and we sell them a good feeling Mm -hmm. that's it sure right so when we Mm -hmm. think about and there's there's ways to use your memberships to lead to more work kind of like we talked about like the 99 dollar drain clean right how that potentially will get you in front of more sewer replacements right sure 
you can structure your membership in the same way. Mm, so sure. there's there's kind of two schools of thought on plumbing memberships. There's what I call the we'll call it low value inexpensive model and then there's the high value more expensive model. Mm-hmm. Okay? So let's go over the high value high expensive or more expensive model cuz that's the most typical, okay? Mm-hmm. So what you typically see is like, hey, we're going to sell you a membership at a, a high cost being like $49 a month mm-hmm. or $39 a month or something like that. But in return for that dollar amount, we're going to give you something of high value in return. Sure. Right? So typically it's like, okay, we're going to give you 10% off. Right. Which if you're going to give somebody 10% off, you work that into your pricing model mm-hmm. so that you're not actually losing money when you give them 10% off. Yeah. You're actually just... 10% off gets you at 20% profit margin, right? Right. So that way you're, it doesn't cost you anything to give that. Right. Okay. But it's a perceived value on the customer's right. end. Oh, I buy in their membership, I get 10% off. Right. Um, I would give them priority scheduling. So a member mm-hmm. gets scheduled in before a non-member. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people get confused on this. Like, what mm-hmm. if... 20 members call you all at the same time. How are you going to get to them all? Sure, crazy hypotheticals. You don't. You just get to them in the order that they call or who has the most valuable job, and you do all those before you get to anybody who calls us a non-member. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have a, a, a triage process to run through. Yeah. And then also you always got to be weary of like the hypotheticals like like that. Like, what if 20 members call at 9 a.m.? You're like, dude, when has 20? Deal with what, it. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, deal with it. You'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, it's not a reason to not do it. No. <laughs> Um, so you got the, you got priority scheduling and then, dude, I wouldn't, I know there's three. What is it? See, 10% priority scheduling, um, waived service call fee. There you go. So you waive any diagnostic charge or service call fee or dispatch fee you may have. Yeah. You just waive it. So if they call you out, you'll go out for free, give them an estimate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause they're a member of your business. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't really cost you anything. And if they're a member they're usually already proven to be a good customer that's willing to pay money for their for your service. Yeah, the chances of you selling that work out there like it's pretty high. You're going to waive that fee anyway. Yes. At least if you're waiving the fee when you sell work. Yes, exactly. So, um in the ex- expensive model, we would want to add some sort of value. And this is where mm-hmm. you can set yourself up to get more work, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, when you're thinking about what kind of model you want to run, I would think about the area that you're in that you do business in um, and what kind of work you could potentially come upon, okay? So, like, if you're in an area that has lots of really old drains Mm. where there's potential for a lot of, like, mainline drain replacements, Mm. I would include a free camera inspection in my membership. Mm. So I would say, you know, free plumbing inspection and free mainline camera inspection, like, either annually or biannually or whatever. Um, That way, every time you sell a membership, you're at somebody's house, they need some work done, you're like, yeah, it's going to be X amount of dollars, but if you sign up for a membership, you get 10% off this this bill today, plus we'll give you VIP priority scheduling, plus we'll go ahead and camera in your mainline drain today to make sure there's nothing wrong with it, that you're good, you got nothing to worry about. Plus, we'll do this whole home plumbing inspection, Mm -hmm. right? Just to make sure you have no other issues. Mm -hmm. 
Think about the guy that we talked about earlier. Sure. He would love that. Yep. He'd be like, oh, this is rad. They're going to inspect everything. Mm -hmm. They're going to camera my main line. I get a 10% discount. Mm -hmm. All I got to do is sign up for this $49 a month membership. And especially if that 10% is going to, it's going to pencil that he's going to just, it's going to be an even split for him. Right. He's like, oh yeah, well I'm saving as much as I would be spending on your membership. Correct. Cool. Yeah, I'm down. I get all this extra stuff. Nice. Correct. So in that instance, it's like, cool, sweet. I'll sign up for your membership. The thing with that is like, if you do that in an area where there's a ton of like old drains, just going in and, and sending that camera down before they ever have a problem. Yeah. Before you ever have to go there and clean out their drain, you can identify things for the customer that they didn't even know they had a problem with. Mm -hmm. And then you can give them an estimate to fix that mainline drain. Mm. And then they can go plan and budget yeah. for that mainline drain fix. Yeah, and that's actually a way better value to the customer. Way more than waiting until it's something terrible happens. Something terrible happens. They have to deal with it. All that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's way more preferable to be like, hey, we could fix this in the, f you don't need it now, but you're yeah. going to need it. Yep. Let's make a plan. Yeah. So then another one would be, you know, if you've got a bunch of um, uh, on-demand water heaters, let's say mm -hmm. it's super popular where you're at to go to on-demand mm -hmm. and those things need flushed every year, include that in your membership. Yeah. Flush your water heater, you know, water heater maintenance. Mm -hmm. If the water is really like hard, like, especially if you're on municipal water and it's mm -hmm. really hard, we'll come by and flush your water heater. Mm -hmm. If it's really hard, you should be going, hey, we'll flush your water heater. When you're there flushing the water heater, go, hey, you know, we could solve a lot of the problems with your water heater if we just install a water softener. Yeah. Right? Um, so you can include things that have a value for free. Yeah. Okay? Now, the trick is you want to price it mm -hmm. to where... The things that you're giving away for free are paid for by the cost of the membership. Yes. So um, you would take how much it costs you to provide that service and make that the cost of your membership. Mm -hmm. And then to figure your monthly, you just divide it by 12. Right. Okay. That's kind of the high value, mm -hmm. um, high cost model. What do you think about, what's your preference between charging a yearly membership or charging month to month? So... I'm kind of like, I'm torn between the two mm. because there's there's upsides and downsides to both. Sure. So upside of a monthly membership is, is well, it's a lower cost, right? Yeah. For the member. Seems like it's maybe higher likelihood to sell. Easier to sell. Yeah. Right? It's like, hey, this is just $49 a month. Yeah. Instead so, of being like, hey, this is $4.99 or whatever. Yeah. So let's say you're going to... Like we offer a free, you know, heating maintenance. So when we're going to a house for heating maintenance mm -hmm. and it's $680 for annual maintenance, or you can just pay us $49 a month, mm. it's, it's an easy sell. Yeah. Cause you're like, oh, I don't want to pay 650 bucks right now. I would much rather pay 49 bucks. right now yeah. and 49 for the rest of the year. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's an easy sell for us. So that part's cool. Also, the monthly membership sales. That brings in good monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. Right? The yearly will bring in good monthly recurring revenue as well once you make it through an entire year of selling. Yeah. Um, but it brings you to another problem. So monthly, when their credit card gets billed monthly and they their credit card number changes or whatever, 
all you're out is one monthly payment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's super easy to call them and be like, hey, you're on our $49 membership. Your credit card, for some reason, didn't go through. Did you get a new number? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Let's update that in our system, and let's get that past bill paid, and then yeah, you're good to on go. you go, right? Mm-hmm. The yearly membership, on the recurring date of the yearly membership, if the credit card gets declined, that's a much harder thing to call the customer and have to get them re-upped. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, your, you know, yeah, what is it? I think ours is five ninety nine for the year. Hey, it's your five ninety nine uh, yearly membership got declined. Yeah, and they haven't had their free yearly service yet. They're like, eh, I don't need. I don't want to pay six hundred bucks right now. I'm good because they weren't they they weren't even thinking about it yeah. after a year, right? Yep. So that's what I don't like about the yearly. One thing that sucks about the monthly is that we're you're giving away something free of value, right? So for us, we give away annual heating maintenance. Mm-hmm. So this will have a bigger impact on all the HVAC guys. Mm-hmm. Typically, there's like a season where everybody wants their heating maintenance done. Yeah. And so when we're selling monthly memberships, we're getting paid for those throughout the year, yeah. but we're fulfilling on the majority of them at mm-hmm. one time. Mm-hmm. So it brings down revenues during that time. Yeah. Because it, we're doing all this free work. Yeah. Yep. And we're not getting the immediate benefit of it. Yeah. And so when when you're doing that free work, yep. the technicians, does that count as hours sold or would they make commission off that work? Or like how does that how does that work? They wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily make commission. We count them as hours sold. Because mm-hmm. technically we're getting paid for that work yeah. through the membership. Yeah, sure. Um but like the idea is when we're there performing that free annual maintenance, mm-hmm. we're inspecting the entire system. Right. And coming up with more repairs that they can make. Right. Right. It's like our foot in the door. Right. Yep. It's our loss leader. Right. Right. It's our $99 drain clean. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the 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 pros and cons of monthly versus yearly. Yeah. If we went yearly, probably 80% of our yearly billings would come in a few month period. Mm. Well, we have a really slow time from January, February, March, yeah. where it's pretty nice to get those mm-hmm. $60,000, $70,000 chunks of cash at the beginning of the month. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yeah. So you kind of have to weigh like, you know, seasonality of your business, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff comes into play. Yeah. And then, because we didn't really flesh the whole idea out, but for your company, everybody's getting heating maintenance all at the same time of year because... When you're in the AK, you're like, oh, it's getting cold. I should get my heating system tuned. When yep. in reality, you could do that anytime. You could do it anytime. And then the problem that you run into is suddenly you have, you know, zero, close to zero revenue happening for lots of technicians in one area, which can be sketchy for your business because then suddenly, you know, you're trying to get through all these heating maintenance things. And if you're not really paying attention to your schedule, you might be missing these other jobs that are actually going to make you money. Right. If you're busy doing a bunch of free tune and cleans, you don't have time to get to the work that is actually going to pay you good money. Yeah. And you might right? and you might look at it and be like, well, we're busy, so we're making money. When right. you're like, actually, not really. Right. Not as much money as you could be making. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're making money, kind of. So at scale, it becomes a slight problem. Yeah. You just have instance. to plan for that. And like, you know, like a seemingly a seeming solution to that idea is like, well, let's schedule this thing, this tune and clean. At a time that we're not busy, or what time that let's spread all these out. Yeah, so you can yeah you can start calling through those 
those members and saying, hey, you know, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through and schedule them for slow time, but we're going to add an extra benefit if they do that. Yeah. We have to give them a reason to do something out of the norm for them. Yeah. Because, yeah, even though it's completely, it makes sense. Like, well, won't I need that right before winter? Like, no, it's good for like, it's good for a year. Once your system's clean, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you have to still convince people of that. You do, 100%. Yeah, especially if they're used to doing something a certain way their entire life. <laughs> Correct, yep. Um, so then there's membership style number two, okay? So that first one we talked about is kind of the most common. And you really need to think about it. Like number, the first one, you need to think about how can I provide the most value to the customer, keep it as simple as possible, but also set myself up to get more work. Yeah. Right. So us, we go do tune and cleans. We get a ton more work out of that Mm -hmm. just because we're in the door. We're looking at their system. Okay. Um, If you can do things like getting in front of their water heater or Mm -hmm. getting in front of their water quality or performing a plumbing inspection or Mm -hmm. looking in their drain, all those things are going to lead to more work. Right. Okay. And it's really what's the best opportunity for the area that you're in. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, Second style would be less expensive, but less value. Mm-hmm. But you may be able to sell more of them because mm-hmm. it's less expensive, mm-hmm. right? So the first one, $49 a month or five ninety nine dollars a year, mm-hmm. that's kind of a lot of money for a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, more expensive than any like streaming service you might be subscribed to or correct. whatever. And you're paying it to a plumbing company. Yeah, so it's weird to you because at least if I'm paying this to Netflix, I know I'm like being entertained. Yep. So if you can't set up something to where that's like, an obvious easy sale, mm-hmm. then I would switch to the $99 a year, less expensive model, okay? Mm-hmm. And basically, it's just $99 a year, and you get 10% off, mm-hmm. priority scheduling. I always forget the third one. No dispatch fees, <laughs> right? And that's yeah. it. And those. so the cool part about this is like, the other style that we currently do it's $49 a month um, or five ninety dollars a year. That co- that covers the cost of the free tune and clean. Yeah. Okay? So we don't actually make any money on that. Yep. There's zero profit. Okay? On the $99 a year with these ancillary benefits, it's more like all of the super successful memberships that we talked about in the beginning, right? Yeah. Yep. It's pure profit. It doesn't cost you a penny to provide these extra benefits, right? Yeah. And so what are you really selling them? Access to special benefits, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and it's probably an easier sale. Like anything over $1,000, if they sign up for your $99 a year membership, mm-hmm. they're saving money. Yeah. And $99, when you call them up and say, hey, your yearly membership, your credit card didn't go through, it's $99, it's not as big of a deal, Yeah. right? So now you don't have these, these weird moments when you're calling for payments. Mm-hmm. You also don't have this free service that you're providing. Yep. And so you don't have these weird times yeah. where you're providing all of these free services, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the downside is you don't have a loss leader to get your foot in the door mm, to get sure. more work, right? Yeah, you don't have that consistent thing that you will be there you just have the hope that they'll remember that they're part of your membership and they'll yep. call you when they have a problem because there's benefits that come with it. Yep. Like they have to just really recognize the benefits of priority scheduling and a discount. Yep. So if it was me, like in Alaska, 
I'm going to stick with the membership model that I have. Yeah, because you know that everybody needs a tune and clean. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it gets my foot in the door and gets me lots more work. Yep. Down here in Florida, I'd probably do a $99 a year membership mm. where it just gets you those few benefits mm-hmm. um, because I think I could sell more of those. Mm-hmm. So there's the real reality of like when you go to sell your business, right, mm. you're going to get – they want to know that you have members – a membership plan yeah. where people are yeah. paying you a monthly or yearly fee to be part of your membership. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the more members you have, Oh dude, did we cover the $99? Is this pure profit? Yeah. It's pure profit. Yep. Think, think about, yeah. Think about at scale. If you get a ton of memberships and especially at, in the context that we're talking about, like when you're going to sell your business. Yeah. Now, not only do memberships look, not only do memberships say, hey, this company is good at what it does because yep. people like them enough to pay them to be their preferred carrier. Yeah. But also they're just making pure profit on top. Yeah. So it's like a double whammy in that yeah. context. So think about that. Um, that Kind of the ideal with that style is you need 500 memberships for every million in revenue. Mm. Okay. Why? Why is that? What's where's that figure come from? It's just it's just a good way to judge like whether you have enough members mm. at that model. Okay? Gotcha. The cheaper model, right? The cheaper model because it's it's easier to get a lot of them at that point because mm. it's so cheap to be a member with you and yeah. the benefits save them so much money and they get priority scheduling mm-hmm. that it's well worth it in their mind, right? Mm-hmm. So if I've got five, if I'm doing five million in revenue, then that's twenty five hundred met members, right? Mm-hmm. All paying me a hundred dollars a year. What's the income on that? Could be a lot. Could be anything. Do the math, Joel. Dude, I wasn't even listening to you. <laughs> 2,500 members paying me a hundred bucks a year. 25,000. Yeah. Right. 250,000. $250,000. Dang. That's a lot. Every year. Bottom line profit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That really increases. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That that's so we're doing five million in revenue. We spend yeah. um I looked yesterday, we spent actually spent, we budget for five hundred, we spent four hundred and twenty thousand on marketing. There's most of my marketing budget paid for by my members. Yeah, holy moly. Right? Mm-hmm. There's half over half my marketing budget paid for by my members. Yeah, gotcha. So it's a it's a cool model to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's cool because there's not a whole lot of opportunities in business where you can extract pure profit. Here's the other thing. Think about how simple that is. Yeah. Incredibly simple. The other thing is think about all the memberships we talked about before. What do they all have in common as far as simplicity? Mm. They're incredibly simple. Sure. Incredibly. Yeah, I would almost even say that like the lower cost lends to simplicity. Yeah, totally. because it's just like, oh yeah, it's nine ninety nine per month. Oh, uh, what what sort of the modern consumer is thinking? I can ignore that and not think about it. Like that doesn't care. Yeah, you exactly. Know, like, that's why so many apps are like three ninety nine because I can never use that app, but never turn it off because it's so little. Correct. And then you pump that out on a massive amount of scale, and suddenly you're making millions of dollars for a company. Correct. And you're not even doing the thing. Correct. So, yeah. Correct. Okay. So we've got the two membership models, $99 a year recovered. It's all top bottom line profit. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to go from there? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, 
we're making, we're extracting more value out of our current customers because we're yep. charging what we need to, first and foremost. Yep. We're taking time in the house so that we can actually make more money on that customer than we would if we were just rushing through. Yep. So now suddenly, the co- we can spend a lot more to acquire a customer. Yep. And then they sign up for our membership. We get enough of those. But really, in this last context, you're even talking about it in the context of selling your business. Oh, yeah. That's a key factor. One of the factors, maybe not key, but one of the factors to somebody saying, yeah, I'll offer you more money for your business or I'll even buy it Correct. because of your healthy membership. Yeah, so think about what, if you've got people that are willing to pay you a monthly fee or a yearly fee to be a member of your company, the chances of that customer using your services is really high, right? So it's a customer retention program. Yeah. Knowing that over the course of a few years, that customer, instead of calling another plumbing company, they're just going to continue to call you back, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. So if Real you, quick question on that. Is there any like tried and true methods to remind them that they have that membership? I mean, you should stay at like refrigerator magnets or emails or whatever. Emails, newsletters, those kinds of things. Or even like what you do is there's just a magnet on the boiler that gets tuned, like yep. prospector plumbing, and here's like the little spec sheet that you... Yep. Thing. Like those things stickers, are good reminders. Stickers on their water heaters, stickers on their pressure tanks, stickers on their pumps, stickers on their garbage disposal. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. Because you still have to, you know, the modern American consumer's got a lot going on and yep. they might forget who they called. And yep. if you never remind them with something like that, they yep. just might call somebody else because they just don't remember. Yeah. So like monthly newsletter emails, mm. those are good. Try to provide as much value as you can mm-hmm. in them. Um, so you've got all these members, right, that now you're going to hold on to them for longer, okay? So you paid one time to get this customer, mm-hmm. and now they're going to use you year after year after year after year. Yeah. And they're much more likely to use you year after year after year after year if they're a member of yours. Right. And you stay communicated with them, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have just raised the lifetime value of that customer. Right. Right? If you go – if you if you're watching on YouTube, in the description down below, you can grab our plumbing business playbook. It's free. All you got to do is enter your email, and we cover lifetime value and all that good stuff mm-hmm. in that playbook. It's, it's awesome. Um, when somebody's coming to buy your business, mm. they want to know that you have a membership in place and that people are paying you for that monthly membership because mm-hmm. those are customers that that potential buyer can count on to bring in revenue, right? Yep. So it yeah, tells sure. them like, mm. okay, these guys mm-hmm. are doing a good enough job taking care of their customers that people are willing to pay them for a membership. Mm-hmm. Plus, I know that I have all these customers that are bought into this company, which pretty much means I have a really good chance of continuing yeah. to do business with those customers, mm-hmm. right? So it adds value to the sale of your business, right? Yeah. So if you're ever going to go sell your business which every business should be built to sell. Right. Whether or not you're going to sell it or not. Whether or not you're going to sell it or not, you should build it to be valuable. Yeah. Because... Yeah, sure. Number one, building it in that way, it's usually just a better business. Yeah, right? you'll, you'll just make more money with it if you hold it. You'll make more money. It'll be a better place for your employees to work and you'll provide a better service to the customer. Right. Right. Um, and then again, like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you might hold on to it till you're 40 and then some life-changing event happens mm-hmm. and you can't own this plumbing business anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you might need... discover that your kid actually does not want the business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you need to sell it to retire, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
So I would always be building to sell. And so one thing to think about is, well, the seller is going to want to see these certain things in place and a membership is one of those. So when you're considering like what kind of model to go with, right? Mm -hmm. Do I go with the high value, high expense? Do I go with the low value, low cost, right? Mm -hmm. I would also consider like, okay, in my marketplace, which one is more valuable to my customers? Which one can I sell more of? Right. Because right. sure, sure, sure. Because if you can sell more of the $99 one and you can collect more members, it raises the value of your business. Right. Right. On the other hand, the more expensive one, it's a little harder to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't sell as many of those in your marketplace, then it might be a good idea to switch to the other one. Right. Um, and really it's like, like we've got, we've got people in our course that sell a $499 a year membership with very little benefit, Mm -hmm. but they're in a really good highfalutin market. Right. Right. Where people are like, Oh, 499 and I get to guarantee that you're going to be here. Yeah. And I get 10% off, which pays for the thing today. Which pays for the thing. Cool. Yeah. I'll take the guarantee and I don't, and yeah. especially in that context, those people are just probably paying it up front Yep, because it's the 10% Benny and they're like, oh, I was going to pay 5k anyway. Yeah. Oh, and now I'm getting 10% off, but I'm still paying 5k and I get priority and 10% yep. off. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So you have to look at like, mm-hmm. where am I in the world? What do these customers need? What's more valuable? Which one can I sell the most of? Yeah. And then pick one, right? And then just know that if you pick one and you go for it, it's not a forever thing. Sure, yeah. It's sure. not the end all be all. You can always change it. Yep. You can always adapt once you discover that your market isn't what you thought it was. Yeah. Or always. if your market shifts into something that you didn't predict it to. Yep. And there's going to be somebody out there that says, can't I just do both? And the answer is, you can, but it's <laughs> confusing as all get out. Yeah, especially for your technicians. Like, Then they have to decide, which one do I sell in this given situation. Or do I try and pitch both of these to the customer? And let me tell you about double pitching two different offers. It's a weird It's weird. Thing. Super weird. It's People super are weird. very confused. Yeah, they'll be like, wait, okay, I can spend $99 <laughs> yeah. and get a 10% yeah. discount. Okay. Or I can yeah. spend $400, $599. I still get the 10% discount, but what else do I get? It's yeah. just, it gets confusing. It's that meme where the lady's thinking and there's all the numbers that are coming across. It's that when they're like, wait a second, what is happening? Yeah. Very high level thinking if you're trying to pitch two ideas. Yes. And you're, I mean, you got to remember at the same time, you're trying to pitch them on three different options. <laughs> so now you have- You just lost a sale. You just confused So now you somebody. have three different options, which turns into six different options with one membership plan which turns into nine different options with two membership plans, that's confusing. Yeah, and remember, a confused buyer is probably not a buyer. Probably not a buyer. Mm -hmm. So I would. I would stick with one. Yeah. If you're having trouble selling one, then you could try selling the other one. Mm -hmm. If you can sell way more of this one, man, might be a good one to go with. Yeah. Yeah. When would you suggest to start thinking about all of these things that we've talked about? Dude, I wouldn't... I would... I I would... All the stuff we covered in the beginning of this podcast, Mm -hmm. like getting a customer Mm -hmm. and going to their house and providing them with lots of value by looking at their, the whole picture Mm -hmm. um, and giving them estimates to fix everything you can find. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff you can do right away, day one. Yeah. Like kind of like 
and the method being go check Google reviews to see what people in your area are saying. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you can really start to understand exactly where to start your focus on providing a high value. Yeah, do that day one. Yeah, okay. 100%. And do it all the time. Yeah, sure. Because like, again, things change. Yeah. Don't expect things to always be the same. No, things change. They do. Yep. Um, and then as far as like getting on a membership program, I wouldn't do that until I was on a good software. Sure, because how else are you going to track it? Yeah. It's going to be like, yeah, put it in the membership notebook at the office. No. Or in your truck or no. at home. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We have to bill on this day. And then somebody calls in, are they a member? Let me go find yeah. it in the book. Let me oh, Rolodex, you know. That's probably how they used to do it in the back in the day. Yeah. Have a Rolodex of all their members. Yep. That's so crazy to me. I know, that there would just be this thing. And actually, that wasn't that long ago. No. Huh. Like, that was, you know, when I was growing up, that was probably in the same era that my dad carried a pager. Like, that was probably <laughs> yeah. Rolodex time. Yep. My I, had, I had a pager. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. on-call pager or something? No. I just had, it was... It was like before everybody had cell phones. And you were, did you feel cool with your pager? Yeah. <laughs> Super cool. <laughs> Pagers are so funny because it's It'd be like, like, my mom was the only one who would page me and I'd go find a payphone. Like, oh, and be dang. Like, hold on. I got to call this number. And then <laughs> we had free payphones all around town. Yeah. Do you remember that? No. Well, that I was, was probably it, before you. Yeah. Paid. I wasn't in your town. Yeah. I was in back in my town in Colorado. Yeah. Did they have free payphones? Dude, I don't know. I never used them. So we had free payphones. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you had a cell phone? Uh, I had a cell, I got a cell phone in eighth grade. Okay. So when I started riding the bus, my mom bought me like a brick phone and it was just, I <laughs> yeah. only carry, like I would put it on the charger and I'd go about my whole life and I go, I'm going on the bus. Mom wants me to take a phone. Didn't have text messages. All I could do was call. She only wanted me to have it. If something happened, then I yep. could call her and that was it. Yep. And I played like snake or brick attack. I had brick attack on there. That's really funny. When you yeah. say a brick phone, what did it look like? It was like this big. It wasn't Nokia, so it had an antenna. All my friends had Nokia, so they were way cooler than me. It was like a, I don't even know what brand it was. But it, you know, it was like this big. Um, for everybody listening, it's like whatever that is. Eight inches. Eight inches, and then there's an antenna. Yep. And then that was it. Dude, cool. the OG phone we had was like 12 inches. Yep. And it was like, dude, I it was know. like four inches deep and mm-hmm. two inches wide mm-hmm. there w- the screen only showed the numbers yep the antenna was like this long yeah. so like the whole thing was like a foot and a half tall yeah, it was massive yeah yeah th- my dad had like one of the first flip phones but it's like in the movies like i remember watching like mission impossible and yep. they were super thin yep but my dad's flip phone had like this big like huge back you know yeah. and it was like three inches deep and yep. i was like this is the this is what do you where do you put that yep just so, do you remember how cool the razor was? Oh yeah, I never <laughs> had one, but the razors were awesome. I never had one either. I always wanted one. Me too. I think they tried to bring it back. They did. Did it? It, it came back it for cool? a minute. Like it, high school kids thought they were cool. Yeah. Flip phones. Yeah. It's like the whole '90s vibe came back. They're like, yeah. oh, I got my flip phone. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it's the progression of technology is insane to where now we just have computers in our pockets. Like, so, and yeah, now we have computers in our pockets and we have software that we can use to run an entire business yeah. on that computer in our pocket. Yeah, that can really optimize, that That can essentially take away the work of what used to be people keeping track of paper yep. and calling on their giant brick phones yep. to make sure your memberships were good. Yep. And like, honestly, memberships might have not even been, they might have not even been worth it until the point where you could optimize them because you have to pay somebody 
probably more than the membership was worth to keep track of the memberships. Yep. And like, think about like, well, you write in your check for your membership. Yep. Like, cause there's probably not, nobody was giving a credit card over the phone back in the day. Yeah. Cause where would you put it? <laughs> like, exactly. you're not, you can't type it into a software cause you ain't got one. Nope. So if I was answering your question mm-hmm. of when I would do that, I would wait until I was on service Titan mm-hmm. and I would absolutely 100% get on service Titan at some point. As yeah. soon as I could afford it. Yeah. As soon as I had my pricing figured out, I was making money, I had marketing going, mm-hmm. and I would had regular cash flow, mm-hmm. I would sign up with Service Titan. If I had one tech, two techs, three techs, doesn't matter. Mm, sure. Service Titan wants you to have three tech minimum. You just got to tell them, I got three techs. Yeah, because they're looking for a financial qualifier. Yeah, and then you pay for three techs. No big deal. Yeah, because you know I've talked to people who are on Service Titan who aren't making any money. Because exactly. they're just not running their business correct yet. Correct. So I would do it on Service Titan just because that's, in my opinion, that's the best software. Mm-hmm. No other software touches what Service Titan can do for your company. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow a good service company, it's Service Titan. And also, we're not sponsored by Service Titan. We don't get paid by Service Titan. I just use it myself. All the big guys use it. So that's what I would use. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a, I mean, it's not a make or break it deal if somebody's buying your business, right? If you're on Service Titan, but yes. does it lend a value? Yes, it does. Yeah. There's there's PE firms out there mm-hmm. and, and holding companies that are buying up plumbing businesses and they have a hold fast rule of like, mm. is that right? Hold fast? Sure. Steadfast rule? Yeah, either one. Steadfast. I like that better. They have a rule of like, hey, we're not buying a business that's not on Service Titan. Mm. That's it. Hmm. No other company has that. Yeah. And it's just because of the data and and the abilities that Service Titan has. Dude, at the end of the day, the more that you can... The more data you can get to make decisions off of yeah. just makes it better. Yeah. Like we make bad decisions because we have bad information. Yeah. And that's why it's such a big deal to like PE firms going up and buying companies because they're not there in the company. So the, they yeah. literally run the whole company off of data. Yeah. They can't right? really assess. Like you might have a great culture and your technicians love it there because of all the things that you do really well, uh-huh. but you have zero data uh-huh. that shows your awesome sales. Uh-huh. Like no person is going to look at that and go, great, this is a safe buy. I'm trusting right. this person. Yep. Because that they don't know what's actually happening. Correct. But on Service Titan, you can be like, oh, yeah, look at all those numbers. Hmm. Look at all that. Yeah, and I know how to use the software to see exactly what I need to see to exactly. assess your value Yep. and to assess your risk. Yeah. So based on that, I would get on Service Titan. I wouldn't set up my membership program until I was on Service Titan because I wouldn't want to track – I wouldn't want to, like, move from yeah, sure. some other program – to service Titan. And for everybody who just like jumps on House Call Pro or jumps on something else because it's cheaper, I would just wait until you can afford yeah. service Titan because yeah. you, you're going to put all this work into this CRM that you're ultimately not going to use. Yeah. And it has so many limitations that mm-hmm. you can't even hardly use it the way you need to use it to begin mm-hmm. with. Right. So, like, for anybody that's wondering, should I jump on House Call Pro? Should I? <laughs> what should I do? Dude, I would, we ran our entire business to four technicians off of a QuickBooks app where my technicians could write the invoice. Mm. They could look the customer up, they could write the invoice, and they could swipe cards. 
Um, we wrote all of our estimates on a notepad. Mm. We had the customer sign the notepad. And then we did all of our dispatching on Trello. So every technician had their own Trello and the CSR had access to that. And we just set up cards for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday. Mm-hmm. And they would, Monday, they would have, if you clicked on the Monday card, it would have 8 to 10, 10 to 12, 12 mm-hmm. to 2, and 2 to 4. And she would just go in and write the information on that right. card. And that was it. We ran that to four techs. And then we jumped on service time. Hmm. We could have jumped on sooner, but I was too busy to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So... Like wasting time jumping on useless software, I'd skip that step. Yeah, and it's much more of a time suck than it is a financial suck. Yeah, like, and there's no real financial benefit either. Yeah, yeah and man, shifting CRMs, especially once you're like cooking, yeah, like that's it's just, a, it's just a headache, just yeah. a nightmare. However, if you're doing everything on QuickBooks, all your customers are in QuickBooks, all you got to do is connect QuickBooks to Service Titan. Yep. Done. Super easy. Yeah. Do you know of anybody who isn't using QuickBooks? Um, yeah, there's some other bookkeeping softwares out there that are mm-hmm. that are pretty popular. Um, I don't know what they are. Sure. I would just use QuickBooks online. Yeah. Because most bookkeepers know how to deal with it yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. If your bookkeeper wants you to be on QuickBooks desktop, I'd find a new bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> just get on QuickBooks online. Yeah. Way easier. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anything more? Lifetime value? Lifetime value, I mean, it's really all you need to focus on. How can I how can I hold on to these customers the longest? It's getting part of your membership and then just doing a really good job. Mm. Um, what about like unsold estimates? What about them? Is that part of the lifetime value equation? Like if you go and you, you did all the things that we talked about and then they don't bite and they don't really make a plan to bite, uh-huh. like what's the strategy for then following up with them later? Yeah, just follow up with them. Yeah. Yeah. And just make that part of somebody's flow. Yeah, you should do it at the end of every day. Follow mm-hmm, up sure. with every estimate from that day or the ones you couldn't mm-hmm. follow up from the day before. Um, and then you should fo- you should have an email campaign going out that does email follow-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, you can automate that in Service Titan. Probably not in other softwares. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, just that one email campaign brought us mm-hmm. in seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of revenue wow. last year. Mm. So, follow up's a big deal mm-hmm. for bringing in revenue. Yeah, because they've already increasing exp- lifetime value. Yeah, because they're just saying, "I'll think about this," or "The time's not right," or whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's never a hard no. No, um, and then I would follow up probably you know th- three to four days later, and probably. A week and a half later, then probably two weeks later, then probably four weeks later. Yeah. And then at that time after, you know, then at that time I'd probably stop following up. And after my email sequence ran out, then I would probably go back and dismiss the estimate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then just wait for them to call for whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But follow up is important. Yes. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Fortunes in the follow up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's a true saying. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, like, they might even be thinking, oh, I'm going to call somebody else, but then they don't. Yeah, and then, and then you just, call back mm-hmm. and they're like, damn, man, this company is actually really good. Yeah, it might be more expensive, but I'm just, it's so much easier just to use you already. Yeah. Because you've already given them an estimate. You've already proven that you're qualified. If you just do, like, just following up can make you so much money. Yeah, especially if they're like, well, when could you do the work? And you're like, oh, man, I can get you there later this afternoon. Yeah. And they're like, 
Okay, so I don't. Even, I can't even really justify calling another company at this point because no, the one that I know I might call, I know they're booked out for like three weeks. Yeah. So okay, fine. Yeah. Or they might legitimately just be saving up to make that purchase. Yeah. And then they forgot about it. Yep. And then you call and they're like, "Oh yeah, I was saving for that. Let me yeah. let me check and see if I have enough money now." Yeah. People oh, yeah, get let's busy. get that on the schedule, especially around like the holiday times where people have so many things happening with yep. travel and family and all these expenses. Yeah. That that little plumbing expense is not the thing that they might remember. Yeah. But they might they'll appreciate their mind like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. Yeah, I was going to do that. And it doesn't have to be a complicated process either. Yeah. Like it can just be you could just call the customer and say, "Hey, this is so and so with like for us, it would be, hey, I'll, I'll use your wife's name. Hey, this is Ayla with Prospector mm-hmm. Plumbing and Heating. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I was just looking at your account here. See, we see we have some estimates that so-and-so gave you when they were at your house the other day. Just calling to see if you want to get any of those on the schedule. Yep. Uh, no, I'm good. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yep. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Just make it a nice, pleasant experience. Yep. Just checking in, making sure they don't want to get it done. Simple. Yep, you don't need to be pushy about it. You're not trying to like, no, nope. you should really consider getting those done. Based upon what I see here, it's a pretty big deal. Right. Yep. Yeah. Just good customer service. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. All right, then. See you, Holmes. See ya.